Hey everyone, thanks for joining us again. Uh, my name is David Birnbaum. I'm here again with Ben Chow and we're going to take a peek behind the mask. Uh, so thanks for, thanks for coming on again, Ben. Thanks for having me on, David. Um, so last time we kind of just touched on, I guess, the, the contrasts and, and, a, and a bit of the differences between our university experiences. And so, you know, we, we did operate in kind of slightly intersecting circles, I guess. We were involved <laughs> in some of the same stuff and, you know, we're, we would go party together sometimes and that kind of thing. But we never really knew each other that well, I guess. Yeah. Well, relatively same, same group of friends kind of thing. So mm -hmm. it'll intersect at some point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and so, and uh, yeah, I guess you, you were kind of interested in knowing more about what my experience was, what, like, you know, in university as, as a more of a, let's call it womanizer type. Yeah, because I'm, I'm the contrast of that. So yeah, it'd be very interesting to hear about that. Yeah. Um, well, so basically, like, it's kind of weird because in high school, I, I really feel like I was very heavily influenced by society and the media. Um, that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, and yeah, in university, what basically happened was in high school, I was always in the friend zone and I could never, I, I really just really badly wanted a relationship. I wanted a girlfriend more than anything. Um, but then what ended up happening is I was always friend zoned. I could never get anywhere with anyone. And I had really, really, I, I've had, I had miserably low self-esteem and I can even remember one time in particular where I was just like basically crying about how awful I was and someone didn't believe me because what happened in university was these two uh, females who are a couple years old, older than me picked, me picked me up at a party and brought me home and that was like kind of my first real experience with anything. And then I was kind of, you know, not to go into too much detail, but it didn't work out that well. I, I couldn't uh, complete the deal, let's call it. Um, and then I was kind of a bit ashamed and also embarrassed and that kind of stuff. Um, and then what happened was I just started telling everyone about it because the best way to protect myself from the embarrassment was to like get in on the joke, right? So it became came of it, it sort of became like a story I was telling like and and then within a month I had a reputation as a womanizer and it really didn't make any sense to me because I had I was a virgin I hadn't really had any experience but people were then now treating me like I was a womanizer and then as I started to kind of play into it it started to bear positive results and I realized if I treated women worse um, and, and I acted as a womanizer, I actually got much more attention and more success than I did when I was just the nice guy always there and the shoulder to cry on that I was in high school. Oh man, so those are actually true then. <laughs> because, I'm yeah. in, because I'm in that uh, the nice guy. Like I'm not like the, the hidden nice guy. I'm just like, in my opinion, a nice guy. Like I don't do wouldn't do anything wrong or do do, uh, do harm kind of thing but like yeah well, and that's and that's what I had tried to be but it never really worked I never really got you know any traction with any of the girls I liked and then now I had this kind of 
the, this reputation, but like I, I didn't like it, but I was so just anxious about trying to find love. People didn't believe me because they, they thought I was just a womanizer, like plain and simple, but I was actually always, I was falling, I was very easy to fall in love. So I'd fall for someone really hard. I'd know how to get them interested in me and then it wouldn't work out. And then I'd just move on very quickly because I couldn't let myself feel the pain, right? So if I felt sad about being rejected or that it didn't work out, that was too much to bear. And I didn't really have many people to talk to about it. So I would just find someone else to kind of get that high again, that chase of a crush or whatever. So it was kind of, it was kind of an addiction in that sense, I guess. But it was, it was ne despite what a lot of people felt it, and what I heard about myself, it was never from a place uh, like I didn't even care to sleep with them, right? Like I, I was waiting for, you know, someone I actually cared about uh, to sleep with. But I was also just inundated with, especially in, you know, in a party culture like we had, there was a lot of people sleeping around and it was kind of like an expectation. You know, I used to get flack if I had a girl over for the night and all we did was kiss and talk. My, my, my male roommates would give me t a ton of shit. Like, what's wrong with me? Why, why, why wouldn't I try for something? And that kind of thing. Yeah, I feel like that is also toxic in itself. Like, being pre-pressured into doing something that you maybe don't want to do. Like, I, like there's nothing wrong with uh, having a, a girl over and just and be intimate and stuff. You don't have to do anything. Like, honestly, in my opinion, I've never done that. So I don't know how it feels like. But I think it would be, if, to me, that even doing that would be awesome. So, like, yeah. I, I don't know what they're talking about. Why not? Yeah, when I, I so much more appreciated the intimacy than the sexuality, but I, you know, I, I was literally called like, well, what are you, a woman? Are you gay? Like th those were the things thrown at me because I was more emotional and, and more sensual than sexual, right? Because I was supposed to just, you know, want to bang it out or whatever is, is like the, the tone that they take for, for guys. And I mean, it really, I, I, it's unfortunate that I didn't have a good strength of character when I was younger because it really impacted me and it really changed the way I acted. Oh, for sure. I, like, even then, I think they might, they might be jealous themselves kind of thing. Oh, yeah, it's possible. <laughs> but like, I, like, I, like, I don't know, but by the sounds of it, that was not a good friend to be with anyway. Yeah, because, because definitely definitely some of the friends I had in but it's also it's kind of I don't blame them particularly because I would also parrot that right like once it sinks in it's kind of it's like you can't identify the source right so you get 10 guys who all pressure each other into getting laid meanwhile probably half of them are like me so it's like um, you know I was still you know, I was amazed that some of my friends weren't pursuing girls as actively as I was and weren't trying to get laid and that kind of thing. But I didn't actually believe it, but I would still parrot it to people. So because it's it's so it's like, where where does this nugget originate? Right. Like that it influences so many guys. And then there on to top it all off there. It's I, I, I think one of the bigger problems is that guys can't talk, have this conversation. I wasn't ever able to talk to one of my guy friends honestly about my feelings around it. Um, I mean, I do think that I can think of one friend in particular, actually, that sometimes it was possible. And he did talk some sense into me once in a while. But like more often than not, 
it was not that way at all. Um, and it was just kind of this idea of what a man is and how a man should act. And, and I couldn't, you know, there, there, were, there weren't people to, to tell me it was okay to be otherwise, I guess. Like also to some extent, um, I think that, that we have to find ourselves what it is to be a man. Like if someone tells us uh, how to be a man, what if his way of being a man is not right in, in your morals kind of thing? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, how do we, I think the most important thing now is for, you know, us being you and I, but also society to actually talk about what we think being a man is, because I still feel like there's been all of these movements and the, this, the, the around like what a woman is and, and them defining it for themselves and that kind of thing. Right. Um, versus what just like the gender stereotypes were 50 years ago. But I feel like maleness is still stuck 30, 40 years ago because men aren't actually having those proper conversations about, you know, what is a man? How should a man act and that kind of thing? And it seemed to me like any sort of emotionalism is still seen as unmanly, right? So now there are there are men who are gay. There are men who are women. Um, but for me to just be a man that is feeling this way, like I, in one of, in something else, I called myself like a sensitive flower of a man. And I, I've always been that, but I had to kind of hide it and protect myself because it was like the idea of being that was so terrifying and uh, just wasn't accepted, it seemed. And it seems like it's still not that way. And potentially it's worse now because... I feel like if I go out and say, you know, I'm the sensitive flower of a man, I have these problems, that there's a good section of people who will just yell at me saying, like, check your privilege. You don't have any right to complain. Um, women have it worse. <laughs> like, I, I heard, like, uh, listening to all, like, the the other side of the story, like, uh, women have it better, like, women have it better than men nowadays. Like, if we had, if we had a men's, move, men's rights movement and whatnot, we'd get flagged for it. Mm -hmm. So, so technically we are forced to be stuck in the, in the forties. I'm not saying. Yeah. Yeah. And so was it difficult for you in university, like not pursuing, like, did you feel like you, you had wanted to, um, but like you, yeah. Like, did you just not, cause I have some friends who just had no interest really, like it didn't really cross their mind much. Like females just weren't something they actively thought about or even really passively thought about it seemed at the time um but for you you did think about it so what was it like you know not having success or or not having you know traction to, to my defense I, sh I should have went out more that's problem one mm -hmm. <laughs> problem two is like um since since i failed first year so i don't want to fail again so i i think it just head down and just doing studies and that's it. But I did hang out with, like, with my class parties and stuff. Other than that, I never went out yeah. to clubs or whatnot because I went to a club once with a, with a friend of mine who, was, who did electrical at the time. And I didn't like clubbing because I didn't understand. Like go, go, go to the girl and go grind or just go up there and dance. And to yeah. me, like that's just weird. It just makes sense. Yeah, well, and, and that's another really key thing about like the culture that exists for people our age to even get connected, right? So it's like, 
right now yeah i i always hated that too like uh there's no opportunity for me to go somewhere and meet a female and just talk to them because either i'm at a club trying to grind with them i'm at a bar where they expect every guy's just trying to get with them anyways um so like there's very few opportunities for me to meet a nice female that i actually can just like talk with and get to know a bit um and then you add add to that that tinder just kind of threw all of that into overdrive and so you have a handful or maybe more than a handful but you have a group of guys who all they care about is getting laid and they actively pursue that and then there's like very high suspicion on most females parts but there's no actual good place or good outlet to just kind of meet people of the opposite sex or or the the sex you're interested in and 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 you know start to form any sort of bond yeah because i think the the hookup culture i guess or getting laid one night is it destroying relationships because like i feel like um hooking up uh, it defeats the love for uh, the love uh, part of relationship and that's what i that's what i want if i want to put mm. effort into it i want to put it someone i i like not just because uh to finish the deal or just rack in numbers because that's too much yeah. effort <laughs> yeah uh, yeah and it's it's honestly so much less satisfying right like um it's i mean any anyone who claims that uh sex with someone they don't care about is as good as sex with someone they love they're unfortunately just kind of lying to themselves i, I i'd say not that i'm hugely experienced but um and I, i'm sure i'm not the only one who shares that opinion um but yeah it's like this this the culture is kind of built for hookup right and and it's kind of seems to permeate and i i mean like those are the skills i taught myself right and there's all of these books and and stuff about uh, not that i read books but there's like whole communities around how to pick up and how to hook up and stuff and i mean the number one thing they teach is confidence apparently like confidence is key um and, and you know females can kind of sense that but it's so much worse than that cuz it is you know about you know one line at the bar or like go go spend $50 buying chicks drinks and seeing if they're interested in you and and that kind of thing and it's like no and i don't know like there's also let's say there's 10% that are bad apples and are these guys who are actually just trying to sleep with anything that they can or anyone that they can um but i i would assume more guys are like you and me who just want to meet someone get to know them a bit and hopefully hit it off and then you know go on some dates and and get to know them um but it seems like there's just this complete uh rejection of that possibility and everyone is treated as hostile now uh, i i can see from that point like there could be someone else like trying to uh put the nice guy like us our masks on and then get laid instead and yeah and, and the person who got hurt will assume all guys are like that so it's kind of also unfair that that happened and also like with that label they like obviously i guarantee yeah. there's some girls are like that also they want a uh, someone like us also like not not, not into hook up culture and what not just want to find a nice guy hang out or not hang out go on dates and do all the yeah. romantic stuff yeah and and so like how do we 
I mean, I think a big piece of it is starting to talk about it, right? Because you don't hear that piece of the the male narrative at all, really. You hear that that's the female narrative, right? That there are obviously uh, apparently like women who want to settle down and have have a nice boyfriend and that kind of thing. But I honestly don't hear that as much about the guys. So I think um, you know a big part is is talking about it, but also then. Like, how do we set up? Because so like Tinder is clearly built for hooking up, right? It's a virtual bar. I look at someone quickly. Are they hot? And I mean, as much as anyone on anyone on either sex claims that they're not there for hooking up, it is built for that because you post a sexy photo to get attention right away, right? It is a virtual bar. I scan quickly. If someone's hot, I, I inquire right and if there's mutual attraction you talk that is hookup culture but how do we find something that's you know enables a deeper meaning because you know hookup culture was already pervasive and then tinder you know kind of blew it up completely like like all the other dating apps like i tried okay cupid coffee meets bagel and bumble and all of those i have no success <laughs> yeah but it, like, regardless of tinder why not even those are still superficial i guess online dating is more yeah. superficial first like yeah. in all the profiles they say they want to be a nice guy a nice person compassionate uh makes me laugh look a big one is making me laugh but how are you supposed to make you laugh if you don't actually meet and yeah like have the in-person facial features and the the talking instead of text kind of thing yeah yeah, absolutely. And then there's also this kind of like, there seems to be like a pressure that your bio and your first line, your first message have to be like superb. They have to stick out, right? If you just say, hey, how's it going? They'll never respond, right? So you have to you have to kind of stick out. So it's just kind of like peacocking, right? Like it's not about being authentic. It's about showing flair or something. <laughs> yeah, like... You know, like okay cupid like if you want to if you like someone you can like them and then you could send a message so i got a few uh few likes from someone else and then their message they're very generic as things hi how are you or just hi but like mm-hmm. i have a bunch of pictures and some bio stuff you can talk about that like a started conversation not just a very generic hi which kind of yeah frustrating i should okay. say yeah yeah and then i guess another thing that i i mean i don't think it's kind of, you know, on the, this dating culture generally, you know, is about how, like, men's appearances, right? We hear a lot about, like, women and the standard of beauty for women and that kind of stuff. But it's like, you know, I had to accept pretty early on. Like, I feel fortunate that I know I'm, like, a 6 or 7 out of 10, right? Like, I think I'm, like, I'm, I'm good enough, <laughs> but I'm not hot, right? And it's kind of like, I have to just kind of accept that, but it obviously makes it more difficult. I have some friends, you know, I have that have six packs and, and are hot and, you know, they have infinitely more success on Tinder than I do. Right. And it's like, I'm still like a half decent looking guy. And I think I'm a pretty good guy and I can't get any success on these apps. Right. So it's like, you know, um, and I think, I mean, just generally, I think men aren't open to having conversations or they, they haven't had, about you know male appearances and male looks and the standards of beauty and handsomeness for men but that definitely factors in largely especially in these kind of hookup cultures yeah like if you look at all like the marvel movies for example uh chris evans chris hemsworth uh who else uh, killmonger i guess 
uh, Michael Michael Jordan, I think. Like if you look at them, like there there's scenes where them being super jacked, and that's like yeah. the that's like the expectations. But like mm. even to do that, it's like so much effort and not necessary. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I mean, there there are definitely people who will say like you know women have that too, which is totally fair. They're like most movie stars are superbly hot. Um, but at least the conversation seems to be more open with women. And then, you know, people say stuff like there are a lot of kind of like overweight, dopey male leads who get hot friends, hot wives, right? So like uh, Kevin James on King of Queens is the one that comes to mind, uh, if you know who that is. Um, But it's still like the person who's the overweight guy is always still like the dope, right? It's not like he's... I mean, all of the problems that women see with with Hollywood and, and physical appearances, they're reflected pretty well with men, right? Um, if you're not the... There's a, a slight advantage with men about age, right? So there are still 50-year-old really hot men who are movie stars or whatever. But anything away from that, like, top 5% of looks, it just doesn't permeate, really. Mm-hmm. Uh... I don't know. It's it's pretty bad. Like, and also in a culture where height and muscles are like a big factor. Mm-hmm. Like, like for like from for men, like we can fix our muscles. Like we can lose weight and get jacked. But like, like most of the online profiles I've seen, they're like height of this or the height uh, taller than this. I was like, yeah. that's like unfair to to an extent because you, that's yeah. something we can't change. But yeah, like, yeah. but then on the flip side, like we want someone fit. Doesn't have to be yeah. tall or short, just fit, and, and that's something yeah. like they could uh, do themselves. But height, you just can't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. One thing that you might find interesting, actually. So in high school, I worked out a decent amount in grade twelve and into first year, and so like in first year of university, I had a six. I was really scrawny, like I hadn't really filled out at all yet. Um, but I so I was super scrawny, and I had a six pack, and I was pretty fit. Um, Cause, but I did that because I thought I had to to get girls. But then once I found out like I, that it was more about confidence and it was more about personality. Because in university, in our circles, or in my circle at least, like um, I went out a lot. So I had the opportunity to meet a, a lot of females. Um, and I was kind of obsessed with it. But I found out that it was more about my personality once I got that opportunity. Uh, so I stopped. <laughs> I actually uh, stopped working out and stuff once I realized that I could get girls uh, without without that. Yeah, but again, um, that's kind of it's it's so different when it's the online dating and and in the hookup culture. Like I was in a I was in a community that was kind of just inherently I was at a lot of events that were kind of lower key that I could meet people. Like I was meeting 30, 40 new, new women, uh, you know, a month or, or every two, two, three months. So, and in casual settings, so you can just talk to them and that kind of thing. But that, that type of environment, it just doesn't really exist in the real world <laughs> outside of like some university circles. That's true. And it, yeah. Like even for me, like, I think, yeah, you're, you're right. Confidence is the big thing because Throughout the years, I just I was think that I wasn't um, look good enough. Like all my all all my friends in like my hometown, like none of them were big. Like yeah. they're they're all, they're all tall and relatively fit, and I'm and I'm like the 
the odd one out. So I always had like that partial body body image issue. So yeah. I always, so always hit the gym, and I'm still I'm still working at it. But yeah, and and yeah, how does that feel? Because definitely body image and like you know huskiness and the the stigmas associated with that. You hear that a. I don't hear many men talking about that kind of thing. So yeah, how 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 did that impact you or does that impact you? Because I, I guess throughout, uh, I guess grade school and high school, I was a little pudgy and even university and still a little big up, big on the waist, but I'm still working on it. But no, I, I always think that that was, like like you said, like you need a six pack abs or, or super big to get women. But mm. to some extent, I think I need to work on my confidence and I think I don't have confidence because of my body image. To, yeah. to, to some extent and now i'm just working on my body image but don't really care but it's just finding the confidence in, yeah. in that and so where where does your negative body image come from like where where do you get the messaging that you know it's not okay to be huskier uh, i don't know like i guess i have friends who have girlfriends and they're not they're not pudgy but they're they're fit Kind of, kind of thing so i guess i see that a lot so i don't know if mm-hmm. that's also a bad image like there's there's a guy in my high school he's he's tall he's athletic he's like the jock kind of thing and he got he got women he's like six foot something so so yeah. i don't know if, if that was like a, a thing that I, that I just see yeah i mean no that's definitely like i i can i was the kind of like the scrawny guy with a jufro right and i i i was kind of like a bit of uh, on the nerdier side and then there was, yeah, the, the jock, right? That's kind of the stereotype, the football player who's, who's you know, a bit taller and fit and, and gets all of the, all of the chicks. And, and also the fact that I am 6'7", which is not that tall. Like all my friends are over, like 6'8", 6'9". 5'7"? I'm like 5'6", five, 5'7", five, or so. Yeah, and yeah. All, my, all my friends are like 5'8", and up. So there's that. And also my ethnicity since high school, right? Because... Yeah. Because if if I went out in the real world, like everyone will think I'm a fob, kind kind of yeah. thing. Think I don't know, I can't speak English or whatnot. So yeah. there's always there's a disadvantage of that of that and online, kind of thing. Yeah, apparently the the least popular <laughs> group of men are are Asian men. They get the least matches on dating apps and stuff. Yeah, I read that too, and I, and I can I can see why also. Like we're not portrayed as the masculine macho like there's there's a few movies yeah. out there but not a lot like there's yeah. jackie chan and jet Li, but they're not i guess you could say sexualized like you don't see them with their full yeah. body with their abs whatnot yeah they're and they're more like it's yeah they're never in in the in the action movies that star asians they're not often like having romantic interests and that kind of stuff they're just there to kick ass let's say um, whereas a lot of the male white action heroes, they always have some sort of love interest as well. And it's like shown as like their machoism is a sexual asset, but that connection isn't even made necessarily, uh, you know, in the Kung Fu, more, more Kung Fu Jackie Chan type movies. Yeah. Like even, even now just a look around, if I see the, obviously I, I don't know if I'm racist or not, but like if I see an like, Asian couple or not. Like I guarantee they're from the same country or they speak the same language. But if I see like a Asian girl with some other guy, like non Asian, I'm like, um, th- th- there's that. So like, um, I guess I guess Asian guys just don't know how to be assertive. I think that's what I read a lot. Is that guys want to be Asian guys want to be assertive. They're just passive. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's I think we have to deal with that ourselves. 
somehow. Yeah, I don't and know. That's fair. Yeah, and I think I think in in from my understanding of like the the white culture, it's some men have kind of overcorrected that, like I did, right? Like in university, I kind of was just like I became an asshole because that was the way to show my confidence was to be a cocky asshole, right? And it's like, well, that's not the right. I I know now know that's not the right kind of confidence, um, but that seems to be what largely the like Canadian American Western culture has not explicitly taught their men. But that's the 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 lesson the men are learning is that's how you get success is being kind of like that blowhard, you know, I'm the greatest type thing. And then you know, I think on the flip side, it, it's sad, it's sad that it works. Right? Like I, <laughs> yeah, the fact that we're training, uh, like our our females, not tra- training is a bad word, right? Like conditioning, but like the, the way we're socializing men and women is for that type of power dynamic and then it kind of perpetuates itself yeah like i feel like confidence is okay but it's how to get the confidence like the confidence in your dancing skills your body because like back then you're you're big you're a chubby guy and then now you worked hard to lose it like confidence something that you can own not something that you just act to get like fake it till you make it kind yeah. of thing it's confidence not arrogance right and it's uh like finding that balance but i think still like there doesn't seem to me to be good avenues for even displaying that right if i'm a cocky asshole and i I, it's a lot easier for me to prove that in 20 seconds than that i'm just a genuinely confident guy and that's kind of our whole culture is around like clickbait even in person it's about how do i catch their attention immediately but that's also very primal in the nature right yeah which, which is kind of sucks but like th- like for them it's like live or die but for us it's for fun <laughs> yeah yeah and but i i think i mean i think the pace has just kind of incentivized that that it's like oh just go have your fun sleep as sleep around as much as you want and there's no consequences um and so that's good for the people who want to just indulge their more animalistic instincts but it's kind of you know, the 80% or so of us that that's not what we're interested in. You know, how do we create something that allows us to um, more have that, have what we're looking for? I don't know. It's it's a different world out there uh, from a while back. So I guess it's, it's going to be, it's a tricky battle for sure. Yeah. Well, um, I think that's a good spot to end it on. So I want to thank you for coming on and being a guest again. I, I really enjoy having these conversations with you. Thanks, David. These are all eye-opener conversations. And uh, thanks to everyone who was listening. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I hope you found that you know uh, worth listening to and that you enjoyed your peek behind the mask. Be sure to tune in next time. Cool.